Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with some local farmers and find out how the crops are progressing. Also, we'll get an update on the national beef strategy. And up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with Rick Van Leike, president of Horizon Seeds Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The series Global Seeds Insight Tour is wrapping up today in Bagot. I was at the event earlier this week in Winkler and caught up with Rick Van Leike, the president of Horizon Seeds Canada. So Horizon Seeds is a seed corn company. We do all of our own breeding, uh, genetic advancement, uh, production, processing, uh, basically 100% vertically integrated uh, from parent seed right to uh, finished product in the bag to retail. We're here at the uh, plot here today in front of the corn. Um, talk about how the crop is looking this year. Wow. Compared to last year, the crop is just night and day difference. A phenomenal crop out here in Winkler this year and uh, really looking good. Plant health is good. Uh, yield potential is incredible. Uh, yeah, best year I've seen. Crop was off to a late start. Are, are things slowly catching up here? I would say we're uh, somewhere between seven and ten days behind where we'd like to be traditionally. So with a good open fall, uh, there's no reason to get alarmed at this point. But yes, we are a, a bit uh, behind where we'd like to be normal. Number of stations set up here today. What's uh, what's the focus on, on some of your talks? Hybrid fits. So our, our goal here is to visit with customers, find out what their needs are, what their challenges are, match that to our product line and get the best product on their, uh, on their fields. Any new varieties you're promoting this year? Or? Yeah, so uh, lots of new uh, genetics are always changing and they change very quick. We've, uh, we've got some new 77, 74 day grain hybrids. Uh, we've got some different trait platforms coming out on uh, some of our silage products. Uh, we're going to be launching this year the PowerCore product. So that's a, a new uh, trait platform that's going to be new to the uh, Horizon line. And uh, so, yeah, lot, lots of new and things change every year. That was Rick Van Leike, president of Horizon Seeds Canada, speaking earlier this week in Winkler at the series Global Seeds Insight Tour. I also caught up with Troy McCowan with Precision Planting. Yeah, with Precision Planting, we're really trying to help the growers through education to understand how to make their planters and their seeders uh, better through both maintenance and performance in the field, either adding technology to the equipment or adding sensors so they can see what their machine is doing in the moment and, and make an improvement on the crop the day that they're planting it. Yeah, I guess maybe just talk a little bit more about that, some of the things that um, you're showing them. So today we've got uh, a row unit stand with us and our meter stand, so you can see some of the, uh, the metering performance improvements that we can make uh, to make sure that we get one single seed every time that we're supposed to understand how the downforce and the sensors work and how we present that information in the cab so that a grower can make educated decisions on the fly. I guess just how important is it for, for farmers to you know, get the most out of these crops? Well, as, as we look at the, the repressed uh, commodity prices that we've had here in the last half decade and now getting into some better prices, everybody knows that all the input costs are going up. They know that there's less margin of error. The weather has thrown us some, some really big curves the last couple of years, and we've got technology that can help adapt and, and maximize both really wet environments and really dry environments and make sure that that seed gets placed where it's supposed to be into the moisture that has got optimal opportunity to come out of the ground and, and raise a higher yield for them. Anything else you'll be highlighting here today? Uh, we'll talk about the winter uh, clinics that we're going to have with LMS Ag. Uh, we'll talk about some of those and, and we'll have some schedules for those coming out in the near future. 
That was Troy McCowan with Precision Planting. He was at the Series Global Seeds Insight Tour earlier this week in Winkler. The event wraps up today in Bagot, Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Ryan Longhenry with Series Global Ag out of Minneapolis gave a market outlook this week during the company's Insight Tour. He questioned whether the corn market could be a sleeping bull. So we've got some historically tight ending stocks on old crop in the U.S., some drought situations going on over in Europe. The market's not going to have as big as production as I think people were originally forecasted. So we should end up in a pretty tight situation while the world awaits for the South American harvest. Researchers have been studying where one of the most impactful fungi for canola crops has been popping up in the prairies. Black leg can severely damage canola crops, which represents a large portion of Canada's egg industry. Dr. Fon Chen Yu is the AAFC biology study leader for the group, and she says that severe damage can sometimes crop up. So at least in Canada, in some severe field, black leg can kill the canola plants. That was not very, very common, but in some severe year, it could happen. She thanked the canola industry for the help she received during her research. And McDonald's Canada and McCain Foods have announced a new partnership to create the Future of Potato Farming Fund by investing a million dollars in education, demonstration, and cost-sharing grants to support potato farming adoption of regenerative practices and technology. The new fund's goals are building soil health and farm resilience as Canadian potato farmers face the escalating impacts of climate change on yield and crop quality. It will consist of two rounds of grants for growers to implement established regulatory practices to build soil health and resilience starting this August. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, August 11th. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, we'll get an update on the national beef strategy. The Canadian beef industry is making progress on the 2020 to 2024 National Beef Strategy. James Beckering is chair of the Canadian Beef Advisors and National Cattle Feeders. The strategy came about, I believe it was 2015. It brought together all the national beef organizations to have a united goal going forward for the beef industry. So it was uh, born out of uh, forward thinking in a way to, to address issues that were coming forward in the beef industry and also to uh, to help further the industry as, uh, uh, nationally. And James, uh, just give us an update on, on how things have been going. Um, you know, I guess during the pandemic, you know, some of the issues there and, and how you guys came out of that. Yeah, definitely the pandemic added issues to our, to our uh, industry, for sure. Uh, no different than anyone else. Uh, you know, it was a big disruptor for us. We had to change course and, and then on top of that, we had drought situations, feed shortages. Um, so it's been a it's been a busy couple of years, uh, you know, dealing with issues outside of the strategy that we didn't see coming as part of the strategy, but that, that did delay some of the the work that we've been doing on it. But definitely, we've been able to keep keep the, the strategy going. You know, recently a number of of, of positive um, issues here. I guess the first one, Canada's attainment of BSE negligible risk status. Um, Talk a little bit about that and, and what that means. It's been uh, something that we've worked uh, as, a, as many organizations getting that negligible risk status. And hopefully that'll add access to our, uh, our product globally uh, going forward and also uh, reduce some of the barriers and some of the costs of, uh, of production inside of the plants here in Canada. 
Talk about the uh, the trusted trader designation and um, you know what that would mean. The trusted trader designation grew out of um, essentially changing of rules um, by the USDA, limiting the number of loads um, per per shipment out of out of Canada. So by achieving this trusted trader program, it, it just eased the the paperwork and the the uh, and kept that continuity going of, of how we've been uh, shipping cattle to the states and, and larger larger shipments. It would have reduced the shipment size, making it more difficult to and more onerous on on the feedlots and the exporters to to create those uh, those shipments. Earlier uh, this uh, this year, um, Health Canada announced an exemption uh, for ground beef from uh, its proposed front of package labeling regulations. Um, talk a bit about you know just the I guess the relief there. Yeah, it was a big relief for us when they did uh, give that exemption. We had fought hard for that exemption. Um, <clears throat> at the time, it would have been the only single ingredient uh, that would have had a front of pack labeling. Um, and we uh, we felt that it was uh, that we needed to, to get that exemption. We don't want more confusion in the marketplace as to uh, to the quality and the, the nutritional values of beef. And uh, James, just talk about um, just the demand for beef. Yeah, I think we've seen um, even through this pandemic, it's the the demand has not slowed down. Um, Domestically and internationally. Uh, internationally, we've, we've got a great demand for our product, and we uh, we want to make sure that we can get access to those markets. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're very happy with the demand that's there, um, but we have to maintain that as well. Anything else to highlight, you know, as we're, we're about halfway through the uh, the strategy here? Uh, no, I think it's, um, like I say, in, in conjunction with the strategy we did last two years ago, we did update and we set some goals for 2030. I think those, you know, uh, they're lofty goals that we've set, um, but I think they are achievable under the proper conditions. Um, you know, we need regulatory conditions. We need a, a, a government that's that's willing to to help us achieve those goals as well. But I think we are we are on track. It's like I say, it's goals are set. There's always different things that uh, affect them, and the, the pandemic is definitely one of them that kind of slowed things up. But we are staying on track with those goals as well. That was James Beckering, chair of the Canadian Beef Advisors and National Cattle Feeders, giving us an update here today on the 2020 to 2024 National Beef Strategy. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Fall on the farm takes place September 5th at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach. And the Cultivate Sustainability Conference and Trade Show takes place September 7th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, time now to check in with some local farmers and find out how the crops are coming along. Scott Perkin, Farms near Elgin. We're in a little area that uh, didn't get too much rain early on. Uh, Obviously we were late starting on the seeding, but... uh, uh, crops look good. What are the crops that you grow there? Uh, it's a it's a plethora of everything, uh, everything from uh, late crops like uh, soybeans and corn to early crops. Uh, we've got some barley. We don't have any peas. We have neighbors with peas, um, but uh, harvest is right around the corner. Are crops uh, still behind at this point? Yeah, they're they're behind. Um, 
they're making up some time. We're getting some warmer nights. I mean, last night I think was only down to 15, 16. So they are uh, pushing to try and make up some of that time, but uh, we're a good 10 days, almost two weeks behind a normal uh, start to harvest. Things are starting to fill in now as well? Yeah, the uh, yeah, row crop stuff uh, you can't see between the rows. Uh, you know, crops like oats are uh, completely filled in. Um, you know, even some of the... Uh, the the gaps where you had to go around a wet spot you know they, they filled in a little bit too so yeah crop really branched out are you looking for more rain or what kind of weather are you hoping for going forward here well uh, the tap needs to shut off at some point uh, in order to have a smooth harvest but uh, you know a rain in the next seven to ten days uh, two weeks even uh, will do a lot of the crop a lot of good soybeans could sure use that august rain corn would fill out more uh, even late crops like uh, canola that's potting now uh, can use that rain. But of course, at the same time, uh, crops like peas and barley and uh, early wheat, uh, uh, they're pretty much used up everything they need to use up. Any um, insect or, or disease concerns this year? Disease has obviously been something that everybody's been watchful of uh, and lots of fields have been sprayed. Um, and earlier on, there was some insect concerns. Uh, peas had aphids and uh, there was grasshoppers in cereal crops and of course edges of hay fields and, and pastures but uh, we haven't seen diamondbacks in canola we haven't seen birth armyworms yet uh, there is a little bit of cereal aphid uh, west of us uh, but nothing that's been sprayed that I that uh, to my knowledge so yeah uh, obviously watchful but uh, so far so good all right any other thoughts on the season so far or? no just got to get it in the bin uh, that's uh, uh, the the hope and uh, you know pray that everybody does is uh, make sure that we uh, get get the successful harvest. That was Elgin area farmer Scott Perkin in Southwest Manitoba. I also caught up with Jack Fraze, who farms in the Rheinfeld area near Winkler. Uh, the crops are, uh, look pretty decent, uh, but we are getting back in need of a rain. It's uh, it's amazing how quickly the moisture disappeared and. Uh, Seems like the roots have, uh, are fairly shallow with uh, the moisture that we had early and uh, haven't gone down as deep, but what you would expect. And so after all this uh, warm weather, hot weather that we've had, uh, running a little bit deficient in, uh, in the moisture area. At this point in the season, how important is it to, to get the rain, you know, before harvest? Uh, we need another decent rain uh, for most of the crops to finish. Uh, I know I'm looking at our uh, soybeans yesterday. They definitely need rain, and they, they kind of need it now. Uh, checking the soil uh, is really hard, and uh, it would be nice to get a rain to get the get some of that moisture back up. Same thing with the canola for finishing, and uh, we had reseeded some canola, so it's a little bit later and needs, uh, needs to fill the pods. The uh, same with the cereal crops. We put them in several weeks late, and so they we haven't uh, started uh, getting close to, to harvesting yet probably another two weeks before we even uh, consider uh, getting into the wheat. And uh, same with the corn. It's also lagging a bit. It's uh, putting on two cobs, which is not necessarily good. If you get moisture, then then it's fine. But if you don't get the moisture, then you're better off with one decent cob, right? Talk a little bit more about that corn crop and, and how that's looking there. The uh, the plants itself, uh, everything looks very good. Uh, uh, looks decent, uh, healthy. For the most part, and uh, and good growth on the uh, on the plant itself. But like I say, there's uh, most of them have, or a good portion of the uh, crop has two cobs on it. So if you don't get the moisture and the energy to fill the two cobs, then one will start robbing from the other, and yeah, you get two smaller sized cobs, which if they fill, will still give you more than than one big cob. But generally, you want one big cob that will fill, right? I guess, are you concerned about the later harvest? 
I think we're not too concerned at this point, uh, provided the frost stays away. Uh, we got we we kind of follow the moon cycles and uh, and full moon coming up uh, around the ninth or so of uh, September. So we're uh, hoping that we get by by that uh, date, and usually we get a uh, you know three four weeks after that, uh, and that would finish most of the crops for sure. Was there disease concerns this year? Or? Very little. Uh, we had uh, more insect problems than we really did disease. Uh, we did uh, fungicide uh, our wheat and uh, canola because we did have the, the moisture early on and there was a lot of growth and, and things, uh, you know, with, with the potential being there, you want to make sure that you're not cutting too many corners. But uh, after that, things of uh, the uh, moisture hasn't been there to, uh, or the crop canopy has dried out more, more often, so that's uh, not a critical problem. That was Jack Fraze, Reinfeld Area Farmer, chatting about this year's crops. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Blackleg fungus can be disastrous for canola crops, so researchers are keeping a close eye on local populations. AAFC researcher Dr. Fan Chen Yu says that cataloging different strains they find can help producers. Blackleg pathogens, they have lots, lots of different strains there. So that's what we have been doing the research. We really, really want to look at the population structure from, we use one technology, they call lag generation sequencing. So that's what we, we get there. Canola represents a quarter of all farm receipts in Canada. And the series Global Seeds Insight Tour included a market outlook this week. Ryan Longhenry, an analyst out of Minneapolis, talked about soybeans. Soybean ending stocks in the U.S. very low basis, very historically high right now. I think it's kind of the same situation we're going to see. Weather's been okay. Uh, we're still in a key growing growing stage for the U.S. beans. Uh, they're getting starting to get some drinks, so there's a little bit better prospect there. But unless the South American crop comes through big, bean price could see some strong volatility. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details on the August USDA WASD report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.